Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. God bless your Radiant Church. I hope and pray that you are having an amazing Sunday. It is time for us to dive into the Word of God again. We are still in the series, The Upside Down Kingdom, as we are taking a look at the Beatitudes from one of the greatest sermons that were ever preached uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount. And so last week we dealt with being poor in spirit. I hope and pray that if you have not listened to last week, that you would take time to listen to last week so you can keep up because these Beatitudes kind of build on each other, kind of a ladder. And so please take your time to go back and take a look at being poor in spirit. And so last week we said that Jesus now was pretty much given an orientation into the kingdom of God, helping them to understand that how we view things in the world system is not how the kingdom system works. And so it's counterculture to how we see things and even how they saw things in Jesus day. And so we're in Matthew chapter five and we're going to begin reading at verse one. So grab your Bibles. I'll be reading from the new King James translation of scripture, but Hey, feel free to follow along with whatever translation that you have. But before we do that, let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for this moment that we get to share though Many are watching online, on cell phones, in their homes, God. But God, may you, through technology, still create a fellowship, still create a communion among uh, the Radiant family. God, may you take this, your preacher, and endow him with preaching power. God, we want to hear from you and not from Belton Uh, God, guide us throughout the scripture. Holy Spirit, speak and have your way. Bless your people now, God, whatever they may be struggling with. May they find encouragement. May they find comfort in your word today. Lord, we love you. Ask your forgiveness of our sins. In Christ Jesus name we pray. Matthew chapter five, verse one. Listen what Matthew writes. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse four, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Just for a little while, I want to talk to you from the subject, the God of all comfort, the God of all comfort. Um, The second beatitude, blessed are those who mourn, is yet another statement that may be hard to digest because how am I blessed when I'm actually mourning? And mourning, of course, meaning a uh, emotional reaction to loss. 
Uh, you know the word grief, that you are grieving something, that you have lost something, so you are mourning it. And uh, there are some scholars who say that Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4 is talking about us mourning over our sin. And, and man, I... I wanted to go with that, but the more I looked at that text, I can't find throughout scripture where Jesus comfort us uh, because of our sin. I can see where the Holy Ghost convicts us of our sin and drives us to repentance. And so the very elementary basic of Bible interpretation is if the practical sense makes sense, then there's no need to go spiritual. So I believe from what I see is that Jesus is not talking about mourning over our sin. And though we should have godly sorrow because of our sin, but I believe Jesus is actually talking about those who have suffered loss, those who are mourning because someone has died. They have lost something significant. They have went through a divorce. They have lost their health. One of the things about loss is that it is universal. Does not matter if you're black, white, or brown. All of us know what it feels like to lose. All of us know what it feels like to actually have to bury somebody we love. And if you have not experienced that, keep living. And I know it is a challenge maybe for some scholars to believe that in the kingdom of God, those who have suffered that kind of loss can be blessed. And I think maybe it's because they are focusing too much on the morning instead of the one who is going to comfort us. God, man, is amazing. And I need this text. Please hear me. I need this text, uh, verse four, not to be talking about me grieving over my sin, though I do. I need to know that I serve a God that when I do go through loss, he has the ability to comfort me. And I know what it feels like, man. I, I buried my mother. I buried my father, I buried uh, two sisters, I buried uh, four brothers, and I've also buried a 14-year-old son. I got to believe that the God we serve can comfort me because we're going to suffer loss in this life. And if God can't comfort us during our mourning, where do we go to get help? So I believe Jesus is saying, man, in the kingdom of God, even those who have suffered the greatest loss can consider themselves blessed, not because of the loss, but because of the God of the universe is going to come and comfort their hearts. I know I'm talking to someone out there that you can testify that God will keep you. That God will give you a peace that surpasses understanding. The world doesn't handle grief well. Let's be honest. If, if your mother, if your father passed, your job is going to give you three days off. 
Uh, they go bury your loved one and they expect you to come back to work and work as if nothing has happened. And as a matter of fact, some in your family, they're going to give you a week to grieve. And then if you're sitting around sad, they'll ask you questions like this. Why are you looking all sad? Because we don't grieve well in this Western society that we have. But in Jesus' day, they actually had people that they were professional mourners. What does that mean? That means that if somebody died, then these professional mourners would come in dressed in black and they would just sit around and wail and weep with and for the individuals. You remember when Jesus comes to Lazarus' grave, the Bible says he stood at Lazarus' grave and he wept. Then someone says, oh man, Look how much he loved him. Jesus did not weep because Lazarus was gone. Jesus wept because he felt the grief of Mary and Martha. He felt the grief of those who was experienced what death does to us. And he mourned with us. He is the God of all Comfort. Listen what the Apostle Paul says in First Corinthians. Turn with me, if you will, First Corinthians chapter one and verses three and four. Listen, Second uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians uh, chapter one, verses three and four. Listen what the Apostle Paul says. He says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercy." And the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. He is the God of all comfort. So maybe it's a challenge for you. To see how God can uh, call us blessed when we are mourning. But when you have been through and suffered a great loss and this God of all comfort comes in and dry up your tear stained eyes. Then when you read this text, when you read this second be attitude, you will be able to say with me, yes, God is talking about those who are mourning over their loss because we serve that kind of God. Revelation chapter seven and verse 17 says, and God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. He's the God of all comfort. That's why. That's why Jesus can say, blessed are those who mourn because they have a God that will comfort them. Is that not good news? Is that not good news that we have a God that even in our worst situation, he can come in and make it better? I'll, I'll tell you the truth that I would not be where I am and who I am if this scripture was not true. If we did not have a God that can comfort us, I don't know where I would be. In 2001 is when my 14 year old son was hit and killed by a car. This was also the year that I had just been licensed to preach the gospel. And I struggled with God. 
I struggled with him because I said to him, I finally submitted my life to you and this is what you allowed to happen. And for a moment, I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't want to preach. I was angry at God. So how do you get from there to here? It's because there was nobody else in the world who could help me. And the one that I was angry at was the only one that can fix it. But what I discovered in my morning is that God is bigger than my anger. And he allowed me to process. And now I look back with hindsight and I realize that a lot of my anger came because of ignorance of what others had said as it relates to death. You've heard it before when somebody died. They were in a better place. I told you that uh, we don't grieve well. You know, God needed an angel. Those type of things don't help us, but to remind someone that even in your pain of loss, God is still God. David said it this way in Psalm 23, verse 4. You know it, you memorize it, you learned it in Sunday school. Even though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, what? Comfort me. He's the God of all comfort. And you ought to be glad about that because there's no pain, there's no loss that this God that we serve can't come and comfort your heart with. So yes, when you think about my loss, my grief, and my mourning actually draws the Savior, Savior to me that he might comfort me. This is a promise that Jesus gave us if you remember in uh, John, as Jesus is preparing to leave his disciples in John chapter 14, he tells them this. He says, I will pray to the father and he shall give you a another comforter that he may abide with you. Another comforter. And this is in the Greek, this word paraclete meaning someone to come alongside of you. That's what the Holy Spirit does, that he comes along and comfort us because this scripture is true. We're blessed even in our mourning because we have a great comforter. And so I want you to understand that the God we serve, he will keep you. And I know this life will deal you some dirty hands. You're going to go through something. You're going to suffer loss. You're going to have to say bye to people that you love. You're going to go to funerals. But I want to encourage you. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. And even though it feels like he's left you, he's made you a promise never to leave nor to forsake you. 
And if you learn to just trust him, eventually the comfort is going to come. There's a man by the name of Horatio Spafford. He was an attorney and a Presbyterian elder in the late 1800s. This man actually went through almost the life of Job. Uh, He lost his four-year-old son because of fever. And then almost a year later, there is a fire in Chicago and it burns pretty much the entire city. And Horatio loses uh, most of his investment properties. So he took a major financial hit. Uh, And then he decided that he and his family needed a vacation. So they were going on vacation to England. And because of business, he could not go. So he sent his family on ahead of him and he would meet them in a few days. Tragically, literally two ships passing in the night collided and the ship began to sink. And Horatio, beautiful wife and his four daughters were on that ship and his four daughters died. His wife survives. Horatio gets the tragic news. And like a great father, it breaks his heart. And so he now has to get on a ship to go to England to meet his wife. As he's traveling on the ship, when the ship gets right into the place where his daughters drowned, the captain came to him and said, Horatio, I just wanted you to know that we are in the place where the ship went down and your daughters died. For most of us, this would be a tragedy that we could not overcome. But Horatio knew what I now know that this God that we serve is a God that can comfort us. And instead of wailing alone, Horatio picks up his pen and put pen to paper And he writes these words when peace like a river attended my soul, when sorrows like sea billows rolls, whatever my lot thou has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Horatio was able to say that. The same reason why I'm able to tell you that God can be trusted with your pain and that when you suffer your greatest loss, it's not over. When you go through what feels like your life is never going to be the same, your pain is never going to go away, your tears are never going to stop, I have good news for you. The Lord Jesus Christ is the God of all comfort. And if he did it for Horatio, if he did it for Belton, he can do it for you. 
I'm blessed because I'm in the kingdom. Though I still mourn the people that I love, but I always sense the comforting love of the Savior. He wants to comfort you. Will you trust him? Will you trust him in your loss? And here's the thing. We grieve any significant loss. And Radiant, let's be honest, some of you are feeling a loss because of transitions, a loss of worship styles. And some may say, well, that, 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 that means nothing compared to somebody losing someone they love. The heart does not care what it is. It just cares that it cares for what it's lost. All I'm telling you that there is no little loss or big loss. God wants to comfort you whenever you mourn. Trust him. Trust him. He's worthy to be trusted. I hope and pray that this week that you would sense the love of God just where you are in your life. Maybe in your career, in your relationship, or even in your walk with God, maybe you need God to just hug you and to remind you it's going to be all right. And so I want to encourage you with this word today. There is no pain. There is no hurt. There is no loss so great that our God can't comfort you in it and lead you through it. But you got to trust him. And maybe you are there and you never trusted him with your life. Give him a chance to be savior of your life and watch what God does. God bless you. We love you. Have an amazing Sunday. Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com giving.